In nature, a wildfire is one of the most devastating natural forces. It burns hot and fast and leaves little behind but ash and char. Or so it seems. Very soon after the fire passes through the forest, life returns. Shrubs and weeds that clog the forest floor have burned away, leaving space for new trees, grasses, and flowers to emerge and flourish. Habitats are created, bringing new insects, birds, reptiles, and mammals. A cancer diagnosis can feel like a wildfire, our bodies becoming this new, fire-clarified landscape. For some, cancer changes utterly everything. For others, cancer brings greater clarity and purpose. And some of us are still searching for what life after a cancer diagnosis will look like. Welcome to The Burn. We are exploring stories of life and transformation following a breast cancer diagnosis. I'm April Stearns, the founder and editor of Wildfire Magazine and the host of this podcast. Today, we're going to hear a piece about boundaries. My guest has opted to stay in cancer land as an advocate following the remission of her cancer, and she's had to find a way to balance that work with how much she's willing to give of herself to others in the community. She has found that being available on social media sometimes has a toxic side, as you will hear. My guest today is Tina Conrad. Tina is a daughter of a two-time triple negative breast cancer survivor. And eight years ago, Tina began her own personal experience of breast cancer when she was diagnosed with stage two hormone-positive lobular cancer. She was 37 at the time, and as I just read that, I realized we published this bio a couple years ago, so I think Tina will have to update us. I think she's even further along now. But before I turn it over to her, I'll let you know that in addition to being a merchandise manager, Tina is the creator of DJ Breast Cancer, a podcast to inspire hope along with the Hope Project, which is Care Package Meets Sharing Your Story in a Traveling Journal. And she is the author of From Sea to Sea, a poetry book about her journey from cancer through COVID. Tina enjoys experience, writing, and connecting with other survivors. And she is married to her soulmate and her rock, John. Hey, Tina, welcome to The Burn. Thank you, April. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you. Um, was I right that you're now at probably 10 years post-diagnosis? 10, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very exciting stuff. Yeah. And that's that's time for you, right? Just keeps on moving along. Um, so yeah, I'll have some questions for you about, about 10 because I had some big feelings around 10 too myself. But before that, you are here to read an essay you wrote called Frayed Jeans and Roses. And this was published in our 2022 Cancer Culture Issue. After you read, we will chat. Those of you listening, stay tuned to the very end for a writing prompt inspired by today's episode. Okay, Tina, I'll let you take it away. Okay, well, thank you. Frayed jeans and roses. It was a small rip, more like a fray at the bottom of my favorite jeans that started to slowly unravel. I'd been walking forward without realizing that my hem was dragging in the dirt and messiness of life below. My life as an eight-year breast cancer survivor has been on display in a single frame through a social media lens every day for years. Together with 7,000 followers, I have seen such beauty and brokenness, purpose, and pain. In 2018, I started a podcast on a social media platform, DJ Breast Cancer, with the mission of inspiring hope, helping one person every day. My intentions were good as I shared my hospital before pics with shaved head, triumphant fist raised, along with inspirational after pics 
of breast cancer walks and survivor shenanigans. I know I'm obsessed with a good before and after image. Cue the giant fixer-upper sign with ugly and dated home to display this beautiful, better-than-ever new version behind the curtain. My connection in behind the curtain with my audience can be rewarding, but it can also be emotionally draining at times. Connection is key to a breast cancer survivor, and I honestly give a lot of myself and my energy to the community. Phone calls, typically scheduled with survivors, podcast episodes, positive comments, and just general love and empathy. Last year was my first experience in understanding that we all carry vastly different expectations of others. I assumed that my fellow survivors would understand that I too am a survivor with my own needs. Because I put my story and my heart out there, others can confuse that for a convenience store, open 24-7 to the needs of cancer consumers, lining up for their supersized big gulps and slurpees, while the machine also needs maintenance occasionally. In addition to the outreach work I do for breast cancer survivorship, I have a full-time demanding job. Sometimes others see my social footprint and are surprised to learn that I have a career outside of breast cancer. In addition, I'm also a wife and have ongoing treatments for my ER stage uh, 3 breast cancer. I try to maintain a healthy and active lifestyle. All of this means time and energy. The final straw came recently when I was on a work trip to New York City. Because I had posted a tiny slice of my day on the gram, I was accused of not helping, not being genuine, and ignoring. It started with a Times Square feel it on the first post and ended with a post of a meetup with my breastie I had not seen in two years. Two posts, 24 hours apart. But between these posts, my mom had gone to the ER to get stitches and I needed to hear in her voice that she was okay. Powering up my laptop at nearly midnight to answer a few work questions, I turned off all the noise and tried my best to drown out the Manhattan sounds 13 floors below. I awoke to an SOS text from a fellow survivor needing to talk. It was the middle of the night for her, and I had planned a breakfast with my breast friend that I had not seen in nearly two years due to COVID-19. I knew I couldn't really give my energy and time and be present in my busy day my first work trip after the initial lockdowns is COVID-19. My day was packed with commitments from morning to late night. My Catholic guilt kicked into high gear as I explained this through text to a fellow survivor that I was on a work trip. I did not get a response. Well, at least not a response to my text. Instead, I saw on social media a post. It didn't call me out by name, but I knew the target was me. The post described how a thriver reaches out, and you do everything you can to respond, no matter what. I watched as others piled on in the comments, agreeing. I wanted to shout, but I am a survivor too. I did respond. Maybe not in the time you expected while I was sleeping. Maybe not in the way you wanted, but I did respond. My heart ached and splintered as I started to question myself. Is this worth it? Do I have to shelve my own survivorship in order to be on call for the breast cancer community? How does one tiny image, one post, truly represent the busyness that goes into a full day? Are these all excuses? Am I truly making a difference? What is my purpose? When all these questions start to come into focus, I retreat into the background of my mind to sit cross-legged in my thoughts and untangle the cobweb of my innermost feelings. Like a gavel of finality, I removed all the icons to social media from my phone and hung up a final post, closed for spiritual maintenance. I log off for a month. 
Whenever I face struggles, I reach out to my mom and my breastie, Jen. Both of them know me, the real me, the me outside of a painted picture of optimism on social media. They know my heart, my intentions, and my struggles. Through texts and phone calls, I cried to them about how much this hurt. It was important that I receive the help and support that I need in this space. During this time, I also wrote a lot, every day. Logging my feelings as I worked through how it feels to focus on me, not just this community. I also asked God to help light my path. As I looked inward over the upcoming weeks without the distraction of social media, I awoke one morning to a single word on my mind, hotline. There are resources that exist that are 24-7 to truly help others around the clock with their cancer support needs. I also reflected on the reality that I am a connector not a counselor. It is important to understand that difference and not hold myself to unattainable standard. I too am also a survivor with my own challenges. And while I can't completely compartmentalize my journey from theirs, I may also need some fences. A fence that allows others to see what is also growing next door. My mom is a two-time breast cancer survivor that went through her journey without the network of other survivors 20 years ago. She relied on friends and family, but did not have the hashtag breasties that I've come to call my own tribe. The social network of cancer is a beautiful flower with many layers. It also has some thorns and maybe even a few worms. I'm still forever grateful for the garden I sit in. I just have to remember to water my own flowers on my own side of the fence as well. I realize now it's okay to say no, not now. I need my own space. Just like the decorative lattice, it's also okay to set up boundaries. It's also okay to show the rain and dirt on social media. It's what truly makes the roses grow. It is what truly makes the roses grow. Thank you so much for that, Tina. I really appreciate you reading your story today. So we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will dig into it. Hi, friends. There is now a wildfire book in the world. It is a big, beautiful compilation of my favorite essays from Wildfire Magazine, spanning all the way back to our first ever issue in 2016, up to the summer of 2022. This book took years to create and is literally the resource I wish I had had when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. This book is called Igniting the Fire Within, and it's made up of 50 essays that really dig into the experience of having breast cancer in our 20s, 30s, and 40s. Every stage of breast cancer is represented from DCIS to stage four, from all sorts of walks of life from all around the world. Our writers go deep and get vulnerable to heal their own experiences and to let others like you know that you're not alone you will find yourself within these pages. Get Igniting the Fire Within, stories of healing, hope, and humor inside today's young breast cancer community on Amazon in paperback and for Kindle now. Curl up with it today. Hi, my name is Lindsay Velomic. I live in central Illinois and was diagnosed with stage one triple negative breast cancer at age 33 in 2016. I recently attended a free wildfire pop-up writing workshop for the young breast cancer community. 
sitting in community with all of the amazing women on the call felt like a literal breath of fresh air, even though the topics we wrote about were heavy. I had no idea I needed something like this until after it was done. My heart felt so full. After the workshop, I immediately followed this podcast and subscribed to Wildfire Magazine. I look forward to diving into all of this amazing content. I also am already thinking about how I can contribute to future editions of the magazine. Thank you, April, and thank you, Wildfire. All right. Thank you so much for the love, Lindsay. I appreciate your testimonial so much. Welcome back to you, Tina. I, again, want to thank you for writing such a vulnerable piece that I'm sure a lot of advocates in the community can relate to, you know, in spirit, if not in, um, you know, the actual scenes that you depicted there. So thank you so much for your transparency and your willingness to talk about something a little bit challenging. I guess I want to start by asking you if you have any update to either your the bio that I read or to this story um, since it has been two years since you wrote it. I'm curious how, how it is for you to revisit it. Yeah, it was actually interesting, like kind of going back to it. And I, I feel some of the same feelings, uh, definitely for sure. And it, it definitely takes me back. Um, I think I'm a little more guarded maybe than I was even at that time. Um, I try to be a little more forthcoming with expectations, even when I'm talking to someone um, for the first time. Um, I remember I was definitely, um, I definitely didn't want to talk to anyone new um, after that mm. happened for for a little while. And, it, and then it was kind of like I was lobbed someone very easy. <laughs> that was very very understanding and helpful. Um, and, and I think I just realized, you know, there, there's always going to be people who will maybe take more than they give. And I think I just have to like understand that and recognize that. But I do think expectations are huge. Um, I know I've talked with others in the community that, you know, they definitely need their boundaries. And I think you have to recognize within yourself that it's okay to shut down and do the, you know, social media breaks, um, I, I highly encourage them. I think that that's, you know, just spiritual maintenance for yourself. <laughs> and and it's a good break. Um, and sometimes it's very overwhelming and you can feel the weight of the community, you know, coming on your shoulders. And I think that that's just, you know, one thing of mental health that you have to recognize within yourself and to get the help that you need, you know, when you need it as well. And to reach out, like I reached out to my mom, I reached out to my friend, Jen. I just, you know, encourage everyone to get their support that they need to. Mm -hmm. Yes. And also what you just said too about that it is okay to take breaks and it's probably necessary to take breaks because you don't, you, you don't even have anything to give if you aren't refilling your own cup. Um, you and I are talking in at the end of September. I know this will come out later um, after October and all that October is, but I just kind of wonder how do you approach um, Breast Cancer Awareness Month and 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 boundaries? You know, because you are an advocate and you are visible. You know, in probably your online community as much as you are in your personal community as well. Yeah, it's it's changed a little bit over the years. I have always worked in retail, so I definitely see the side and and I the company I work for actually has a breast cancer foundation and definitely does do things that support research and, you know, does a lot. Um but then I also see the side that hurts my heart, you know, which is just truly trying to take advantage of of a marketing situation. Um 
So I've definitely seen both sides. Before COVID, I would say there were so many events that were tied, whether it would be with my mom or some of my best friends that we did, you know, walks that we did that seemed to be part of our tradition um, and made for me, it made it more fun. Um, it just made it a way for us to celebrate, you know, me and like where I'm at in my journey. Um, but with COVID, obviously, a lot of those changed or kind of evolved and habits and traditions changed. Um, so I think I'm still kind of trying to find my way back of like what October means. But I definitely encourage everyone to feel their own heart, you know, and, and whether that means taking a break for the whole month of October, that is fine. Um, and then whether I think it's just doing a lot of research, too which can be exhausting. But I think we have to find the causes that mean a lot to us and make sure that the research and the money is definitely going to what, you know, is good, you know, and not just some marketing ploy um, to to just, you know, ride on the backs of, you know, survivors. So I, I'm just very much an advocate, obviously, for research and money going to where we all need it to go, which is, you know, more options, more treatment, more 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 life you know that's that's definitely my 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 perspective of october yeah same um wildfire benefits to organizations um metaviver and the cancer couch foundation and fortunately we do have lots of options in terms of finding those good organizations that are sending money to you know like you said science and longevity and and those things and maybe um we're getting more educated around what pinkwashing means and, you know, those organizations that just see October as a opportunity to sell a bunch of stuff. Um, so, yeah. And I also appreciated what you said too about, you know, your, you and I and other people who work in breast cancer in who've had breast cancer also have to decide how we approach months like October personally. And I know for me, I sometimes just want to hide ever since my very, very first October um, following my diagnosis, which was now 11 years ago, I I quickly realized how little this awareness campaign benefits like the people who are actually going through it. And so I just started educating my personal community about how they could actually help someone who is literally going through it because they won't see anything from that pink yogurt you purchased or whatever, you know, that maybe made you feel good in the moment. And so I pers- I'm all about spreading that kind of awareness. And at the same time, I find myself pulling way back um, because it can be really triggering. Do you find the same? Do you do you feel like you have to kind of pull back a little bit from social media, especially in October? Yeah, I think I do. Yes. Um, I, I have to kind of monitor like how much it is. And then, you know, just even at work, you know, they there's a, a good reason, you know, everyone wants to support a breast cancer foundation, but there's pink days and, you know, and everyone's attention is on pink, you know, and then they just yeah. kind of look to you in the room and it's like the the elephant in the room. But sometimes it's like, I don't want to wear pink, you know, and I don't want to really celebrate this month. And I don't know what I want to do because I'm still trying to figure it out 10 years later, you know. So I think it's just, it's okay to have those feelings of like, just not knowing and, and, doing what makes sense for you. And I, like, I know you, you write it down. I write it down. I write poems, you know, I I do whatever it takes, but I think just sometimes sitting with those thoughts and like, um, and, and knowing that that's okay and you don't have to celebrate it. Like you can be whatever you want to be in that month. And, and it might be like 
for, for some days you're okay with it and other days you're not. And I think that mm-hmm. that's, you know, perfectly acceptable too. So it's okay to have very different feelings, you know, throughout the month. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. I really agree with that. Um, so let's circle back to your essay. And I want to ask you how it was for you to write about something so painful, you know, and um, and how you found a way to write about it without calling this particular person out, you know, and, and if that was, if, if I, I'm just kind of curious, you know, was it hard to write? Were you scared about publishing it? Or did it just need to happen? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that that person would necessarily maybe would have known or not known, but I also felt like it was maybe an explanation if they even read it, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, and from that, we did not have a relationship go forward, but I think that that's also okay for people to understand that sometimes, you know, I think there's a reason and a season for every friendship, right? And and sometimes yes. we don't always know how long we're going to be friends with people. And sometimes I think like just because you have breast cancer in common doesn't mean that you're going to be best friends for the long haul of life, right? So I think that there's something in that. And for me, setting those boundaries, but looking inward, not placing the blame outward, but like, what do I want to do with this? Like, how do I want to react to this? And how, who does this make me be in the future is, is, that like that's all I can control, right? I can't control right. people's responses to me, but I can control how I react to this. And I always want to look to improve, to be a better human being, to be kind, to be nice, you know. And so I I could have chose to just do absolutely close up shop, you know, and do nothing. Yeah. Um, but I I definitely still feel like you know, I I have a reason and a purpose. It was just kind of finding that, but also doing it with a new lens of like the boundaries that need to exist. Um, I'm not a trained therapist. Like I will be the first to admit it. And I think it's just important to let people know expectations. I think it's important in life, you know, like if people think that you're willing to give the world, maybe they'll take it, you know, but I think they have to understand that you're such a multifaceted, you know, person that has so many, you know, responsibilities and activities and just you're trying to do your own survivorship thing that I, I think it's important for others who are advocates to understand that it's okay sometimes to to be human. And that's all right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm thinking about something you said in your piece, too, that you realized about yourself that you are a connector, you know, and you're not like you said, you're the first to say, I'm not here to solve your problem, but maybe I can point you in a direction, you know, of someone who will make you feel more connected. But then also that idea, um, and this was a hard lesson for me to learn too, is just because we share a diagnosis doesn't mean that we're going to click on every level or that we now need to even click on all those levels either. And you're making me think about you know, within the community, we have such differences of life and experiences prior to having that breast cancer diagnosis. You having had an experience with your mom is different from me having had, you know, no breast cancer in my family before that. Like we're just like all coming at this from different places, even though unfortunately we arrived, you know, at a similar diagnosis day. 
even after that, you know, people make different choices on how they proceed from that day. And we have to be open to acknowledging that we're still different people (laughs) at the end of the day. We're still making like different things. And, you know, at that point too, where this person was reaching out to you, they were in a different stage of going through diagnosis and treatment and life after that too. And maybe for her, you know, if she is listening to this somehow, somewhere, you know, she realizes now that she was in a different spot even now than she was then. And talking to someone who's like more fresh into it or the concerns that are happening fresh are going to be different than we were, you know, two years out, three years out, 10 years out. So I don't know. I don't think I have a question in there. I'm just saying I see you. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, so, you know, that kind of brings me to my kind of last question for you. But I I don't know if this is true, but I have this um, in my mind of like wildfire writers. I tend to think of you as a poet and you've submitted a lot of poetry to wildfire. This was an essay. I'm just wondering, you know, do you write a lot of long form too? Was this a little different? It called to you a little bit differently or how did it come about to be an essay this time? Yeah, I think. I think the essays push me a little bit more. Po- poetry just comes a little more easily to me. Um, and probably with my job, it's a little bit easier to find space and time, you know, to do something quickly, whereas this takes a little bit more editing and thought. Um, but I think, you know, as I mentioned, having closed up shop and then writing every single day gave me that space and that time, you know, to do so. And I love a good challenge. I'm still looking forward to doing a workshop with you because, you know, I I do feel like I have more to learn, you know, in the essay spot. Um, But I I love it. You know, I love writing just in general. Um, Poetry just is like a more quick fix of how I feel. But the essays are, you know, a a little bit more deeper dive, a little bit more introspective, even, you know, and challenging. Um, I just did the travel one, um, you know, travel piece, which was yes. a little bit more essay form too, which was super fun to do um, with my Cape Town uh, 10 year adventures. So like that was that was amazing um, to see that come out. And I just sat with that whole magazine and read every different perspective of travel. And it's just it was so like warming to my heart. I just love it. And you know, I think that you have such a great platform for people to do that. But writing is just such a way to like get in touch with yourself and just really explore, you know, what what drives you and what excites you and what scares you and maybe what is a little bit vulnerable, which this piece was. Yeah, definitely. And it's also a little different from you know, the snippets that we put out on social media too. I try to do more storytelling in my personal Instagram, but sometimes it's just easy to just be like, I was here, look at, you know, here's a picture of it. Instead of like pushing yourself to like, why is this significant to me? And the essay really calls to people to ask those questions, you know, not just what did it look like, but how did I really feel about this? And um, like you did in this particular essay, you know, work through some challenging questions. You know, do I want to keep doing this? Is this working? Why did I respond that way? Or why did she respond that way? You know, it gives us that space to kind of dig into it. And like you said, poetry does too. But this maybe calls for a little bit deeperness because there's more words involved, you know, if nothing else. Uh, I just love this conversation with you, Tina. Thank you so much. And we'll have to have you back to read your travel essay as well. That would be wonderful. Yeah, those are great stories too. 
But I love this opportunity to kind of go back to the cancer culture issue with you because I know there are a lot of people who experience a breast cancer diagnosis and want to give back to the community. And it's such an important question, like how much am I willing to give? And a lot of times you don't know until maybe someone is trying to pull too much from you or you know, your time is suffering or your sleep is suffering or whatever it is. And then you kind of figure out what it is to be in in cancer land. I guess I do have one last question for you. When um, I don't know how old you were when your mom was going through breast cancer, but did you always think of yourself as an advocate or did that come after your own diagnosis? Oh, 100%. My life changed when she was diagnosed. And then she had an, a second time. Um, definitely my feelings changed throughout that time. Um, she was diagnosed two weeks to the day after 9-11 happened. So I just felt like my whole world had changed, like not only the outside world, but my inside world, you know. So it was and I still get emotional, you yeah. know, like this, this long, but it's, um, you know, just everything changed. And so I I think I started, you know, breast cancer walks and, and being, you know, the advocate. But then I was, you know, involved in probably organizations that I think revealed themselves as more pink. And mm-hmm. now I think I've done more soul searching of like, what do I want to do? What do what do what is so important for the next future generation? And, you know, how much had changed even in breast cancer from the time that my mom started to when I started, you know, about 10 years after her so much had, you know, advanced and changed. And so for me, it was so important to take that narrative, make research be the forefront. Like I I truly want, you know, breast cancer to mean something. I want October to mean something and I want the dollars to mean something. So I'm very passionate about it. Um, And it, it definitely started with my mom's diagnosis, but I think I've matured in a way and, and looked at I, I just look at it through a different lens now that I've gone through it, I, you know, with maybe discerning, you know, a bit more discernment than than before. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, in a way we all arrive to um, to breast cancer, whether through a loved one or through ourselves. We can't help but arrive a little bit naively because we've been receiving all this information from media and you don't know like what that real experience is until you're there. And then I think you said something really important, too, where it becomes very personal, you know, like, how do I want um, to impact this experience, you know, for someone else? Or is that even a part of my experience here? And you know, all those questions of identity, like everything that happens to us, we don't necessarily want to wear that, you know, as part of our, um, I'm gesturing to my sweatshirt, like, you know, like a patch you sew or sew on to yourself or something, you know? Um, so lots and lots of questions. So I just really appreciate this opportunity to talk to you about it because I do think, like I said, a lot of people do feel so strongly that they want to make it different for someone else going through it and how we each approach that is different and then how it feels personally is different. So thank you for all that you do, Tina. Oh, thank you, April. I appreciate it. And I, I encourage everyone to give to to give. I think there is a really good feeling and, and you can help someone. You know, I, I 100% see that. I felt it. But I don't want this piece to discourage people. I think it's just important to be in tune with your own self and know, you know, like the whole oxygen mask on a plane, like you have to know, like you have to fill from your own cup, like you mentioned, 
and put the oxygen mask on and know that like there's just times where it's okay for you to say, I, I'm just not in service right now and I have to attend to my own needs. And that is not selfish. That's just you taking care of you and just remember that you are a survivor first. And, you know, like where you can give, you can give. That's great. But just, you know, I want to encourage people, you know, to to know, you know, know themselves and know like it's okay and it's okay to have limits and it's okay to have boundaries and it's okay to sit one out, you know, and and that's all right, too. Absolutely. And I have yet to meet a single person who ever took a social media break and came back and said, that was the worst thing I ever did. <laughs> like, you know, it's always the opposite. So encouraging everyone to take that social media break when they need to, for sure. 100%. Well, speaking of social media, right? Um, Tina, where can people follow you if you are accepting new followers these days? Yes, yes, I am. Uh, DJ Breast Cancer is my um, handle. And yeah, I, I probably don't post as much as I did another, you know, thing after this. But I think, you know, it's just it's fine. I try to show a little bit of reality, a little bit of quotes, you know, what what inspires me. But um, definitely, definitely find me there. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Tina, for um, sharing your story with us today. People can find that in the 2022 Cancer Culture Issue. Again, that was called Frayed Jeans and Roses. And Tina has published with us several times. So you'll find everything that Tina has done in our archives. And if you got a lot of value out of this conversation, I hope that you will share it with friends and family. Take a screenshot of the episode. Share it on your social media. You can tag me at wildfire underscore BC underscore community. That's on Instagram. And you can also tag Tina at DJ Breast Cancer. All right. Thank you so much. I'm April Stearns, and you've been listening to The Burn. The Burn's a production of Wildfire Magazine, where we share breast cancer stories from young people like you've never read or heard before. We also strive to inspire you to write your story like you've never written it before. Stay to the end for a writing prompt inspired by today's episode. Our producer is Bill Smith of Shoe Production, and our production assistant is Monica Haro. If you want more on the life-changing transformation to be had from telling your breast cancer stories, visit wildfirecommunity.org to find a copy of the issue shared in today's episode, to find our rich 40-plus issues in the Wildfire archives, and to take a writing workshop with me. There's no place on the planet like a wildfire writing workshop, and I want you to experience it for yourself. Discover how to write your way back to yourself, write your way to reclaiming your body and your story. All right, here is your writing prompt. The What I want you to do is set your timer for eight minutes and write without stopping or editing. Honestly, there is magic to keeping those fingers moving the whole time. Your prompt is to write about beginnings and endings. Beginnings and endings. Look back through your life and find those spots where you needed to end something in order to start something else, whether it was something big or maybe just a shift in boundaries or understanding. So beginnings and endings is your prompt. And if you find that you write best with a good prompt, I've got lots more for you available at wildfirecommunity.org free. You can download resources there that I've created just for you. Happy writing. Thanks for listening. Until next time, take good care.